To defeat my enemy, I extinguish his life and consume him as I consume these flames. <laughs> you shoot me in a dream, you better wake up and apologize. <laughs> English, motherfucker, do you speak it? I thought you said he was a getaway driver. What the fuck can he get away from, eh? I'm gonna make him an offer again with you. Forget it, Jake, it's Chinatown. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago. That's how you get the ball. I heard you paint houses. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. What's up? Welcome back to Brackets and B-Rolls. It's me, your host, Fly Guy Ty, uh, a.k.a. Ty. As you guys know, I'm doing it backwards. I'm just going to acknowledge it every time. But you guys know I'm only half your host, though. I'm a co-host. Go ahead and let them know who's sitting across from me, sir. Hello, people. It's your boy, Cyrus. Wow. I don't know who that is. It's Quattro. There it is. There Crazy. it is. I don't know who Cyrus is. I don't it's know not who that guy is. It's not it my sounds, co-host. It sounds awesome, though. <laughs> no. Anyway, um, how you doing, man? How you I mean, doing? I was doing great till you like sunk my ship there. I mean, yeah, that was that wasn't <laughs> nice of you. But I, I'm doing good, man. I can't complain. You know, got a little headache, but I'll be all right. Dang. Yeah, I hope you. I hope you feel better, man. I hope you. Hope once we start talking about these amazing movies, you uh, you start to feel better, man. For sure, for sure. Yeah, man. Uh, we just we just recorded one episode. About to do another one. Um, you know, just just let y'all know. Just cause, just just fucking cause. I guess I don't know. I'm just. I just be talking on these, man. I just be talking. I be talking to talk. I just hope y'all be. I just hope y'all enjoy listening to me talk. Hey, yeah, man. <laughs> I just be fucking talking to talk. I don't know why. That made me think about when Twenty One was on the Breakfast Club. <laughs> he was like, "Late nights, I just cry." <laughs> and they started. I did exactly that. Right? They started laughing at him. <laughs> Bro, it was like late nights, I just cry. He was like, "Really?" <laughs> It is the whole studio just fell out like <laughs> Bro, 21 Savage is lucky had a messed up life. Like <laughs> that man is <laughs> that man has had so many people die just listening to his music. Like he was like, bro, everybody How like every other one. Of, like, he made a whole song about it. Bro. So. Damn. But I fuck with 21. 21 nice. Hey, me too. I used to hate his music though. Then he like kinda Cap. Huh? Cap. Who cap? You. How? Bro, 21 Ben Ross is day one. Cap. His first few mixtapes were his dog doo-doo shit. Oh, the first few? Yeah, like like Slaughter Tape. I don't know if I've ever heard them. Bro, they're trash. Don't. Oh. Like, but when like he got out of that, he like got... Like when he did the... Uh, uh, lit, 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 uh, drip, drip, I don't know what the hell a fucking song is. Bro, did but, you have a stroke? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, nah, bro. I wish I would review albums next season. That's not at all. That's a movie. But that <laughs> it'll be a movie. <laughs> Think of what? <laughs> oh my gosh, bro! Hey, how many films we reviewed? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> Low key at this point, yeah. yeah. Um, we about to finish the seat sixteen today, and then um, then we can go ahead and get started with uh, the actual bracket aspect of everything. You know, we can start the the tournament. That'll be fun. Don't know how that's gonna go. Uh, I hope I win everything. Um, He's not. I guarantee <laughs> you that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Um, anyway, you guys know what the show is at this point. We've been rambling, but uh, you know, March Madness movies. Put them together, you get brackets and B rolls. 
Bada bing, bada boom. Um, you know, today we got... <laughs> Bro, I saw that earlier. Uh, we're in, in the studio here. Uh, there was a poster that was uh, slightly... Caddy Wampus. I, I feel like I know that word, but like, what the fuck? <laughs> it was Caddy Wampus. It wasn't... In order, it wasn't where it was supposed to be. It was slightly uh, crooked. Yes, and so he was reaching to fix it, and it, he was. It, it was really funny to look at, especially because it's been that way since, like, low key since, like, we've been here. Uh, bro, and- there's no telling how long it's been like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I looked in the mirror, I was like, bro, why is that? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, but um, yeah, yeah. Uh, last episode, uh, if you're just now tuning in, which is. I mean, I don't know why you'd start with episode six, but uh, last episode we uh, did reviews for the um, uh, previous four movies in the Sweet 16. Uh, we did, what was the last four? We did uh, Casino. Um, the Departed. Uh, nope. No, Casino. That's, we didn't do The Departed. We did Casino, Heat, York. Snatch, and The Gangs of New York. We did those four, and then the previous four episodes prior to that one, you know, we talked about the bottom 10 that didn't make the Sweet 16, and then we reviewed the other. Um, the other eight movies so far. Now we're gonna do the last four. I really feel like I'd be confusing you guys like with with I'm these conf- explanations. I'm confused, but hey, hey. Well, not. I mean, let's just hope that our average listener is more intelligent than you are. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you can just feel the life out of me. Just go, wow, damn. <laughs> uh, no, for real. Um, yeah. I mean, at this point, I hope you guys understand what's going on. But if you don't. Please feel free to let us know. So a uh, little bit of a little bit of a blurb there. Technical difficulties had to cut that. Um, but basically, we hope you guys are enjoying this, the show as much as we're enjoying recording it. Because I'll be the first to say I'm having a damn good time doing this. Hey, bro, I'm glad, bro. I'm happy to have you here in my home. Yeah, bro. I'm glad to have be I'm here. I'm having an awesome time. So I was ex- I was waiting for this with bated breath on bended knee, ready to record. What the fuck? <laughs> about this oh my gosh anyway um my clothes the night before i was first day of school ready (laughs) (laughs) anyway let's uh let's let's without further ado man uh let's go ahead and hop right into it we're gonna we're gonna review the last four uh movies the last four of uh the sweet 16 of our first season crime and gangster films of brackets and b-rolls the inaugural season uh let's go ahead and hop into it we got first off the Departed, released in 2006, with uh, written. Damn it, I always fuck that up. Directed by Martin Scorsese, written by William Monaghan, Alan Mack, Mack uh, and Felix Chong. Starring Jack Nicholson, Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, and Mark Wahlberg, with a Rotten Tomato score of 91% and a critics' consensus reading. Featuring outstanding work from an excellent cast. The Departed is a thoroughly engrossing gangster drama with the gritty authenticity and soupy morality we come to expect from Martin Scorsese. When are you going to take Costello, huh? I mean, what's wrong with taking him on any one of the million fucking felonies that you've seen him do or I've seen him do? I mean, I mean, he murdered somebody, right? The guy fucking murders somebody and you don't fucking take him. What are you waiting for, honestly? I mean, do you want him to chop me up and feed me to the poor? Is that what you guys want? Yeah, well, that might stick. Will you shut up? We are building a case, and it takes time. You know that. Something's wrong. I'm, I'm telling you, something's wrong. 
maybe. How do you feel about <clears throat> The Departed, Quattro? Well, this film was a amazing watch. I uh, really understood just how great it was. It was amazing. I loved this movie a lot. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I, <laughs> I, like, what the fuck uh, I loved how the how it began with the great uh, montage. Really enjoyed it. Uh, you really don't see a lot of those uh, in Scorsese films with too many like long montages at the beginning of the film. So I thought this was yeah, really at cool. the beginning, yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely has them, but not mm. like at the very beginning of the film. Um, and that brings me into the next point. Like it was, it felt very different from other Martin Scorsese films I had seen, um, like The Irishman, Casino. Um, Mean Streets, mm-hmm. like it, it felt like really different, and um, also like the love the big name recognition. I mean, they had big names, um, especially of the early two thousands. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson, Mark Wahlberg, which I love. Marky Mark, he's the best. He's incredibly hilarious. Uh, you should check out a lot of his stuff. It's really funny. Um, it also reminded me a lot. Uh, the beginning of the film reminded me a lot of Goodfellas. And how it started off with like a younger character, younger version of the main character, mm-hmm. and how he kind of got into doing what he's doing, mm-hmm. and so I thought that was really cool. And then um, the acting is very well done in this movie. Um, it feels like a breath of fresh air for Scorsese. For Scorsese. Um, kind of see like the other side of the gangster coin, like the more police officer route, mm-hmm. and because usually goes for, like from the gangster, and then there there is a police uh, protagonist, but this one really focuses on um, the undercover aspect and the police aspect of you know crime films, mm-hmm. and so I thought that was really cool. Um, there were some cliches that uh, are ripped out of other films. Um, like you never know what you're gonna get. It was very you know topsy turvy in that way, like. The movie, the movie, especially in terms of like Jack Nicholson's character, um, versus the like the police, like you never knew like where the film was gonna go. So I thought I liked that. I liked how that you know worked throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Um, the narrative was relatively easy to follow. Like I didn't have to really you know dig too deep and ponder what was going on. Um, and there were deep character moments for each character. Um, and the woman that connects them all, like. The woman that they both had crush had like a crush on or were trying to get with. Well, yeah. At one point, Matt Damon's character like married her, but then yeah. she was still with like she, she was, was like what's his face parole uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character's parole officer, and so it, it was. I'm just saying it's a little bit more than a crush. Like they were yeah they were together yeah, yeah. like like I said I I didn't say this but like I will need to revisit this. It's been a minute since I watched <laughs> this movie. So um, yeah. I, mm. The woman. That's what I call her. The woman. I don't remember her name. I'm trying to remember her name. I was trying uh, to stall. What was, what was her name? She was... Was it Cameron Diaz? No. No, it was Vera Farmiga. Dr. Madeline Madden. She was cute. That was all I had to say about her. Um, it was, she's in Godzilla. The Con- oh, she's in the Conjuring universe. Uh, The super... Uh, the cinematography is not that great in this movie. I, I wasn't really feeling it. Especially compared to all of his other films, I'm like, this is not as good. But 20, 2006 is really a terrible year for film really? in a lot of aspects. Yeah, a lot of 20, 2006 films are like kind of some of the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> and then the sound design is not that great for me. I didn't like the sound design in this movie either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be the first to say I would need to rewatch it in order to fully decide uh, how I feel about the sound design, at least. Mm-hmm. Um so I I know that much. Um, it's just what I wrote down when I and I wrote this right after I watched it. So mm-hmm. yeah, so like obviously like that's something that like stuck with you. So that's definitely something worth mentioning. 
Uh, I don't think that y'all can hear this, but my stomach is grumbling. So if you can hear it, that's what that is. I might, if I hear it when I edit it, like I'll take it out. No, nah, keep it in there. It, it makes it, it makes it feel more real for the listener. Oh yeah, bro. They're like in it. They're it We're feels... hungry to get this out for them. <laughs> oh my gosh, bro. That's quite a take. That's, that's a pretty interesting way to put that's that. That's a warm take, not a hot take. Mm, I don't know. A lukewarm take. You, you know what, bro? Keep that bullshit over there. All right. See how he treats me, y'all? He just bullies me. I don't bully. What did you think of uh, The Departed? Uh, What did I think of The Departed? (sighs) I liked it. I liked it a lot. Hmm? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, I'm going to fucking slap you. (laughs) I hate you, bro. I just imagine how that translates over the over the airways. If they like listen, they just hear somebody just go, "Pam!" <laughs> but he just stick Cyrus in the middle of recording. They kept talking. He didn't cut it out. Oh man. Um. Ah, let me see here. Great. First of all, love this movie. Oh, I was gonna say it's like you must have, like really hated it. Bro. No, 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 no. I just had to take a second to collect my thoughts. Uh, re- kind of look over what I wrote down about it. Um. Great movie. I really enjoyed it. I uh, The cast, first of all, is very strong. You know, Jack Nicholson, uh, great. Leonardo DiCaprio, great. Um, and this is, I, I said in the previous episode um, last week, or actually don't know if this is coming out week to week, haven't decided that yet, probably though. But when, I talked, when we talked about Gangs of New York, I was saying how I'm not really a big fan of Leo pre I don't know what year I started to be like really into him as an actor. Inception. Um, I think it was I, I don't know like I'm not sure if it was that year because Shutter Island I think is a better mm. movie of his uh, as far as performances go but uh, I'm not sure so I'm not gonna like say oh 2010 is when I started to really enjoy him as an actor but um, 2006 like was a good year for him as well because I mean you know The Departed like I, I thought he was really good in this so actually I think The Departed this this year might be the year I start to really like be a fan of him um but anyway um matt damon he's also very very good uh mark Wahlberg is you know hilarious great guy love his character in this yeah, he has um, great comedic timing yes very very good um but yeah all all around just a really strong cast uh as for the rest of my thoughts um i really enjoyed the the bostonian accent like this isn't really like a an aspect of the movie per se but it's still something that i really enjoy about it because you know i love the bostonian accent it's really funny uh especially uh when you have mark Wahlberg yelling it the whole time um yelling in it the whole time mm-hmm. uh, it's a really enjoyable experience personally uh but i really enjoyed the the film a lot uh i read a lot of reviews that people were uh, disappointed and didn't necessarily like the haphazard pacing of it and um i didn't really it was an issue for me uh and i think that (sighs) a lot of it had to do with the dialogue i think this movie was really well uh written in my opinion as far at least the as far as the dialogue is concerned uh, i was really uh compelled by that and uh, i think a lot of that that goes a long way with you know when you have good actors delivering it that uh that's that all that makes for good actors delivering good dialogue just makes for a good uh a, a well just makes for a good uh you know makes for like a, it's it's a good combination damn it why couldn't i fucking think of that 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 you um you had you 
you you could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could you you want you want him to do you so much you could do anything. Anyway, um, and I'm the one that's dumb. Okay, <laughs> keep that bullshit over there. <laughs> <laughs> no, um. But like I said earlier, like Billy Costigan Jr., Leo Leo's character, uh, uh, opposite Staff Sergeant Colin Sullivan, Matt Damon's character, uh, they both uh, had great aspects to them. They were both really likable as characters. Or uh, Billy Costigan was really likable, and Staff Sergeant Colin Sullivan, he was just likable enough to where I couldn't. I really cared about both of their like lives and what they were doing. And then uh, as the film progressed and like uh, uh, um, uh, Colin Sullivan, his his machinations were revealed what he was truly doing um, really made him uh, a, a formidable antagonist, in my opinion. I really enjoyed uh, his what, what he brought to the table in that regard. Um, and I, I think, like I said, I think this might be my favorite year or not my favorite, my first, the first year where I start to really appreciate DiCaprio. I'm not like I said, I'm not married. I'm not like certain of that, especially because I haven't seen uh, all of his movies. But um, his the way that he's able to he was able to really immerse me in the scenes that he was in uh, because like I, I it, it the movie already in and of itself was very tense because of given the nature of the narrative you know you're un, you have undercover you have undercover people doing undercover work which is mm-hmm. always um you know stressful uh when you're in it when you're witnessing it because you don't really know what's happening you don't know what's you don't know what's going to happen there's always a threat of being caught and then having to deal with those uh, consequences those ramifications what that what that can mean um for the characters involved and uh, I, I think it really the concept of that in and of itself uh, is just really solid, and that's why this movie reminds me of a, a slight of a better version of Donnie Brasco. Yeah, I was going to ask you which one you prefer it more. Uh, I, I prefer this one for sure because I, I I actually think that this is like Donnie Brasco turned up to twelve mm. and like added and adding much in my opinion. But oh okay. my gosh, bro, Donnie, you're sleep on Donnie Brasco. I'll never want to wake up then. Don- <laughs> Donnie Brasco is you're sleeping on it, man. Donnie Brasco is actually very good, um, but no, nah, this is like Donnie Brasco turned up to twelve with a tangible antagonist added, mm-hmm. and then you like got a like a you've got the departed, and I think it's a, a superior film. Um, uh, but I think uh, I was a little underwhelmed as far as negatives are concerned. I was a little underwhelmed by uh, what Frank Costello's character had. To bring to the table, um, Jack Nichol- like Jack that was Jack Nicholson's okay. character. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe that has something to do. Oh, spoiler alert for these movies if you haven't seen them. Um, you know that we suggest definitely watching them. At least watching The Departed so you can hear what we had to say about it. Uh, but definitely just go check that out. But anyway, um, his, his character was a little underwhelming uh, for me. Like I also might change my mind uh, in the event that I rewatch the movie. Um, but as of now, I wasn't necessarily the most high, the highest on his his character. Um, it, it, it could have something to do with the fact that, that with the way that he died. Um, but I don't know. It was a it was a bit. That, that's something that I could. Um, that was just something that I thought about, and I wasn't necessarily impressed with. Um, but I, I, like I said, who knows? Upon rewatch, I might be able to. Really, I might. 
understand my feelings a little bit better. What? You know a random thought I just had? And I have no idea why we were thinking talking about this. For some reason, my mind went to Vigo Mortensen. Mortensen. Why? And then I began to ask myself why they were 69ing in that movie. And uh, freaking oh, freaking uh, a history of violence. Yeah, I just, why were you? Thi- I don't know why. Why were you thinking I don't about know why, that? But because I thought about Vigo Mortensen, and then all of a sudden I was just thinking to myself like, but why did they do that in that movie? Hey, ladies and gentlemen, it looks like Quattro's horny. That's not true. Let's just move on. I thought it's worth noting because I don't know why I was thinking about horny that. warning. Wow. <laughs> See, that would be a moment where I'd be like, yeah, let's name that there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That actually is a pretty funny title for an episode. What would you rate this film, Ty? Dang, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not done with my thought. Yet. Like, I'm, at the, I'm at the last little bit. My bad, my bad. You brought up Vigo Mortensen 69 and his wife. No, I brought up Vigo Mortensen. Then I thought about him 69. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, speaking of horny, that movie was horny as shit. The history of violence is very fucking horny. Yeah. For no reason. None. None. They just all. start fucking on the fam damn staircase. Yeah. Just <laughs> you couldn't even get on the shot. Bro, I know they bruised. They oh, got yeah. it like bruised all over. Yeah. Yes, it was nice though. Got the good. ice after that. <laughs> like a good old ice bath. Yeah, good for them though, man. You know, everybody. Get it on. Hey, bro. Have she fun. gave him 70. <laughs> ah she put 70 on. <laughs> Oh my gosh, bro. I hope y'all are enjoying this because this is fucking, this is comedy gold. If you're not laughing, you're dumb. I'm kidding. Don't call our viewers. Don't call our listeners dumb. We got viewers? <laughs> they viewing the show with, they, with their ears, bro? Bro, I just made my ears start ringing. Continue. No, you are so dumb. <laughs> anyway, you are really um, dumb. For real. Anyway, uh, okay. All right. Now, this gets me to the last bit of my, uh, my review before we rate it and move on. Uh, the last 30 minutes had me feeling a little odd about the departed it wasn't bad but things weren't playing out the way that i expected them to nor would have liked them to have to like nor nor would i have liked them to have played out uh and then we get to the last 10 minutes and then i got right back on board like there was like the last 10 i won't spoil that part I won't spoil that stuff because I think that's some pretty interesting, pretty valuable stuff that um, I think is uh, more impactful if you haven't seen the movie before, if you watch it uh, cold. Uh, but it's just, it, it was, the movie, it, it's very interesting because uh, the movie was almost, it was very close to getting like a three and a half, four stars for me. Then that happened, like the last, then I like, took in the 10, like the last 10 minutes or so, in addition to everything else and how much I enjoyed everything else. I was like, wow. Like I, and I ended up giving it, well, I gave it, and I'll discuss that in a second. Um, but yeah, it was just, it, that, that's just not really something that I've uh, experienced before as far as recognizing how I feel about, uh, as, as far as like the way I go from feeling one way about a movie to like literally changing in like that over the span of a few minutes so that was just pretty uh interesting um as far as the and as for the technical aspects of it like you were talking about you felt the cinematography and the sound design were a little uh rocky i uh i think i said the editing felt super choppy and none of it seemed to serve a narrative purpose at least none that i could interpret um but it 
and like I said, I think I, upon rewatch, I might understand that a little bit more. Uh, or sorry, not understand. I might like feel differently. But upon like the first time I watched it, I kind of didn't really care for uh, a lot of the editing in the film. So that's just something worth noting. But uh, I still that just goes to show how much I enjoyed everything else that I still rated it as high as I did. Um, and this is, I think, one of my one of my uh, one of the Scorsese movies that I enjoyed. Uh, a bit more than I might have, uh, than, than the one might have expected me to. I don't know, uh, but yeah. So what what would you give it, man? I'm done rambling right now. <laughs> Finally, eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Solid, solid. Uh, I give it a nine. Uh, I had a four and a half stars on uh, Letterboxd, but um, yeah. So it's it, Letterboxd. Yeah. I would. I always said Letterboxd. D. You're lying. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've been quoted saying Letterbox D, which I feel like is, you know, kind of the same thing, because it's not spelled Letterboxed, Letterbox and then E D. It's Letterbox and then with a D at the end. So I feel like you could say Letterbox D, like Nintendo D S. I, I don't. Like I, I'm genuinely speechless. Like I, 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 when I say I don't know what to say, like I, I'm not shitting you. I don't know what to say, Um, because you know I'm right. (laughs) If y'all see his face, um, I'm I'm glad you've discovered um, the fact that you know it's letterboxed. Yes, I'm, I'm glad that you understand that now. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I'm all about growth and learning, and uh, I, I'm glad that that's something that you learned today. Thanks, man. It's um, all because of you. Uh, anyway, so yeah, The Departed, uh, 9 out of 10 for, for me, um, 8 out of 10 for Quattro. Let's move on. Let's move on to the next one uh, before, I, before I, my brain explodes. Uh, anyway. We got uh, American Gangster, released in 2007, directed by Ridley Scott, written by Steven Zylon and Mark Jacobson, starring Denzel Washington, Russell Crowe, Chiwetel Ejiofor, and Josh Brolin, uh, with a Rotten Tomatoes score of 81%, or excuse me, 80%, and a critic's consensus reading. American Gangster is a gritty and entertaining throwback to classic gangster films, with its lead performers firing on all cylinders most important thing in business is honesty, integrity, hard work, family, never forgetting where we came from. Thank you, Sean. See, you are what you are in this world. That's either one or two things. Either you're somebody or you're nobody. Be right back. How do you feel about American Gangster, Sir Quattro? Loved it. Um, I was actually great, happy when I looked at the list for when we began the, the season that this was on there. I really enjoyed this movie. This is not definitely was not the first time I'd seen this. Um, it's kind of like a um, I don't know what you call it, like a pulp fiction for our culture. No. Mm, a, what, what do you mean? What culture? Uh, what do you call it, man? A um, cult classic. There it is. There, there it is. is. Yeah. A cult classic uh, for for people of color, black people. Mm, oh, yeah. yeah. So like it's something that stayed on in the house as I was growing up. So it was, I was happy to like look at this movie in the lenses of what we're doing in this. Mm-hmm. So um, really enjoyed it. 
Um, and I think it was the first African American led film we watched in this whole thing. Uh, might be the only one. I think it. In fact, I it yeah. actually, pro- I think it is the only. It's the one. only. I think it is the only one with the like an, an like African American lead. leading. Yeah, so I was really happy to see that. Um, Same. It had a pretty generic gangster beginning. Um, a nice one take shot to open it all up. I thought that was really cool. Um, we met, and he's meeting. He's with his mentor and Bumpy Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, case most of these movies are, but this one's based on a true story of uh, Bumpy Johnson and his. Um, rise of his pre- not predecessor his who's like who you so the predecessor is Bumpy and then so what's, what's his name um, Denzel's character Frank Lucas Frank Lucas is the guy that he bred to take over one yeah day. his heir his if, heir if yeah yeah so we start off with Bumpy Johnson and like you know him kind of giving him a life lesson and then he ends up dying you know um, paving the way for Frank Lucas to, you know, rise in power. Um, then we meet Russell, um, the lawyer, good cop, uh, the protagonist in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you follow more bump, not bumpy, Frank uh, Lucas. Russell Crowe's character, Richie Roberts. Richie Roberts. He said Russell as in, like, that's his name. No, no. Russell is um, Russell Crowe. Mm-hmm. And then his character's name is Russ- Richie Roberts. Mm-hmm. What a Boy Scout-ass name. <laughs> Richie Roberts. <laughs> it sounds like one of the Robins. Richie Roberts. I was like, bro, come on. But um, I also like the costume. And I mean, they were dripped to death. Like, Denzel's character was dripped to death. Yes, for sure. That chinchilla he wore to the, to the, to the, to the fight. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't wear something like that. It's too hot here. But one Thanks. day. I, I put it in my closet just to say I got it. You know? <laughs> but yeah, I got that chinchilla. Well, yeah, I didn't know. But um, I think um, you can definitely see how even the little bit we saw Bumpy Johnson, Bumpy Johnson on the screen, like you could see how what a different leader that uh, Frank Lucas was aside from Bumpy, which I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because Frank Lucas was a lot more driven by logic and emotion, where Bumpy Johnson was more of a stern, you know, Frank, Bumpy, Bumpy Johnson would just straight up kill you, mm-hmm. like off rip. Yeah. Like, uh, I think there was a lot more heart in terms of Frank Lucas's character, and um, Denzel Washington uh, really had a great mental decline as the film progressed, which I thought was really cool. And given that he's a great actor, like it, it translated really well to me, the viewer, and um, just really good in that aspect. Uh, Russell Crowe was also a shining light in the film. Um, his inner turmoil and inner um, fight he had with himself. You know, wanting to take this guy down, but like kept getting turned around and kept getting the wrong person, the wrong thing, until he finally gets it in the end through Frank Lucas, which I thought was really interesting. That Frank like turned and like really helped him take down a lot of these uh, crime syndicates and stuff, um, and just like stuff like that. Great character moments, like the end when uh, Russell Crowe finally you know corners Richie Roberts. I'm sorry, when Richie Roberts finally corners Frank Lucas at that church, mm-hmm. and like I think wasn't he had like his a funeral for like. Uh, and I think it was the Sunday service. I think yeah, they were uh, in church and, you know, he comes out and like the cops are surrounded and Frank just throws his hands up and he's like, I guess this, I'm going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, back, back brings me back to Frank turning. Uh, I didn't really, I didn't really understand it. I mean, I guess because it's a true story, like that actually did happen. Frank Lucas did turn on his gang, but like, I just was, it just felt off. Like based on what we were presented throughout well, the film, it I, felt I think, off. Because I mean, again, like I, I'm, this might be a, uh, an error on our parts, not having seen these movies recently enough. Duh. But I'm almost certain that um, 
that he wasn't turning on people he liked. Like, because like as a mm-hmm. as a black gangster, you know, the Irish gangsters like mm. didn't fuck with him. Like, yeah. Racist. And so I think as a like I think that was kind of his way of getting back at them. He's like, oh, mm. I, I don't fuck with them anyway, so like I'll just. Okay. Like, I don't think he that snitched on anybody that he liked personally. I got you. Or I think he was just kind of like he had a uh, a bit of a an, a relationship with them that wasn't necessarily antagonistic, but also wasn't a good one. Mm. And so I think, given the opportunity, like he was like, "All right, yeah, I'll give I'll give you what you want." Yeah. For my uh, for my sake. So, I, but I like I said, I can't. I'm not gonna uh, swear by that because like I haven't seen the movie in a exactly. little bit in a few minutes. Uh, uh, and uh, one of the last one of the last things I'll say is that uh, Russell's Russell Crowe's family arc, Richie Roberts's family arc in this mm-hmm. film seemed very out of place because they didn't really do much with it. Like it just seemed like something to kind of further R- Richie Roberts as a character, and then go right back to Frank Lucas's story. So I felt like they could have probably done away with it, and we probably would have got the same film and the same effect. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was pretty much it for me. Um, the the story of you know especially Bumpy Johnson, and then um, Frank Lucas is a story that people have done a, a lot. We just got a new show starring uh, Forrest Whitaker, and he played Bumpy Johnson, and like kind of it's like a biopic uh, series for him. Um, I wish I knew what the name of it was. I would give it to y'all, but I don't. And then Chris Rock played Frank Lucas, I believe, in his new show, Fargo. I think that's who he's playing. Oh, really? Bumpy Johnson. Not Bumpy Johnson, Frank Lucas. Oh, dog. I I don't know what the fuck Fargo is as a show. Because, like, I know I've seen the movie. And uh, it's not connected. I know it's not yeah. connected, but I still don't like. I I need. To, I just wanted to look it up, and I never yeah. have. And I just wanted to get that out there because I get frustrated every time I see shit about Fargo. It yeah, looks right, so like, good. I see it all the time. It looks I'm so like, good, and I just don't get it, especially because I've seen the movie, and they look like they have nothing to do with each other. And I know that they don't, but still, <laughs> like they have. To, they share the name. So like, I, I want to know why they share the name. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, um, is that is that yeah, passionate have? about that one? Huh? <laughs> you got passionate about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I do. Cause like, dog, like I just I want to know why, and like I just like and I can answer, easily look it up. And the answer is not far from you. Like it's not. Like you got like you ask that question, you're like, bro, how, why? And like you can never get the answer. Yeah, I, but you can. I, it's at yeah. the at your fingertips, literally. Yeah, it's okay though. What were your thoughts on the movie, Ty? Uh, I really liked American Gangster. Um, you know, it's it is really you know being a black guy, it is really cool to see, um, a black led film like that because. It's, that's not really a common thing in the gangster genre, especially in the gangster genres, the gangster movies that we've seen uh, doing in preparation for the season. You know, because uh, that's just they typically focus on like you know the Irish, the Irish like because like that's like typically what the mob is, the mafia, at least the way they're portrayed in like American cinema. Usually that Italian, uh, Russian. Yeah, 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 like that, like that kind of sphere of things. There's not really the black aspect of it, so mm-hmm. it, it's, it was cool to see a change of pace in that regard. Because there's a lot of like this is like a pretty, I don't know the percentage number, but like I'm pre- like this was a largely black cast. Like you had Frank Frank's family and a lot of um, yeah, chill with Edge of Four. Yeah, yeah, so and like so that, it, it was a it was a really cool change of pace. I really enjoyed that. It was something cool to see. And Denzel, great actor. Um, it just got shot in the face in this film. Yes, he did actually. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Um. That was very wow. That was really interesting. Like I forgot about that, and that yeah. was really like wild to see. Owed him some money, and then went back, sat down, and finished eating. Yeah. Like it was <laughs> like it was nothing. Um, like, and nobody did anything. They just knew like, oh yeah, Frank Lucas just shot him. Like we're not gonna say nothing though. Nope. <laughs> and that was that was cool though. That actually is one of the aspects of the movie I liked though, because mm-hmm. before that he was eating with his brothers, and I mm-hmm. really enjoyed watching Frank. Um. 
the made man that he was like he mm. kind of built himself up and he was teaching his brothers yeah i like that aspects of it and i like mm. the business aspect of it because it was just cool I, I wasn't really familiar with that kind of like i don't think i've ever seen that kind of thing uh played out the way that it was in this film per se at least that aspect of it and, and that's so that, something that was pretty compelling for that's me. so transcendent about a lot of these films these in the in this specifically this genre that you know these these guys do very deplorable things like they 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 kill they rape they they do all types of terrible things but the thing is like one of the major underlying th- themes for all of these films is family mm-hmm. they're huge family guys they yeah. all got families most of them do and i think that's so cool to see like they're terrible people but they still got hearts they got families so for sure for sure and that played out really well in this movie yeah um but like i said denzel washington is a great actor uh, one of my favorites. It's a travesty that I haven't seen more of his work, but I definitely plan to. I actually, it most just certainly is. I I actually just watched um a uh, little transparency. I just watched Training Day not too Ooh. long ago, and oh man, that he won is, the Oscar for that. I know yeah. that was he well deserved. Yeah, well deserved, man. Um, I'm I'm probably I might cut in a little a couple a little clip from that just because it's so cool. Oh, you motherfuckers. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm putting cases on all you bitches. Huh? You think you can do this shit? Jay! You think you can do this to me? You motherfuckers will be playing basketball in Pelican Bay when I get finished with you. Shoe program, nigga. 23-hour lockdown. I'm the man up in this piece. You'll never see the light of day. Who the fuck you think you fucking with? I'm the police. I run shit here. You just live here. Yeah, that's right. You better walk away. Go on, walk away, because I'm going to burn this motherfucker down. King Kong ain't got shit on me. But, um, uh, he was a great, he did a great job as, uh, Frank Lucas. Like, My spectacular man. lead. Um, yeah love love that um love that movie um this actually gave me though like american gangster it felt very like it it felt like a mix of that's another thing i've noticed i noticed a lot watching a lot of these movies um especially like when i watched my lots while i watched a lot of them like within the span of days of each other Mm. this one reminded me very heavily of a mix between scarface and heat uh in scarface obviously the rise to power and then the downfall of you know frank lucas and mm. like his as you said his mental deterioration because at, at some point he began to he he never gave up he never uh stopped uh valuing uh what's the word uh, uh business and mm. money over family and yeah. that, like he made a lot of bad decisions because of that and that was something that is you know bad per se like that's not a good aspect of of a character and that was why he had the descent that he had which is similar to al pacino's character of as scarface mm-hmm. in uh scarface um damn what's what's his name tony montana yeah there it is yeah. thank you you're an idiot uh tony montana and scarface and then heat i really like I, it reminded me of that because of the duality between um What's his name? Uh, uh, Richie Roberts and Frank Lucas, similar to Vincent Hanna and Neil McCauley. And mm. he obviously that's a better like. I think that the aspects that this movie took from those doesn't quite do them as well as those respective movies do. Like I think Heat does a better job of that mm. duality. I think Scarface does a bit of a better job of that. Uh, 
mental deterioration. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's just it, it's a it's a kind of a tough spot because like it brings those aspects together and doesn't quite do them as well. See things like that brings me like when we do the season two, I'm gonna watch the movie the movies we pick in that season, watch them in order of release. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. a lot of the movies that'll come out like this came out in 2009, 2007. 2007. What? Because <laughs> like I had you know why? Yeah. Like I said, 2019. But uh, like. Those newer movies will take cues from the older stuff. Mm-hmm. So like when you see that older stuff, you'd be like, oh, they pulled that from that or stuff like that. So yeah. Definitely. Because um, I watched what was new to me. I watched the newest stuff first. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. actually, I think I did. I don't even know if I had a rhyme or reason. I just kind of pictured and watched it. But um, yeah. I, I, I happened to have seen Scarface and Heat before I'd seen this. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is literally like this feels like that. Um, uh, I think Russell Crowe was really good. I think he was at his best, though, when his wife was confronting him about his shortcomings. Like, I really, I think I cared the most about that aspect of it. Because uh, as far as, like, caring goes, I didn't value his storyline as much, except when it was uh, family-related, because mm-hmm. I just felt that that was the most compelling aspect of it. Um, so, you know, that's, that's probably what it was, because, like, he wasn't a very compelling character without it. Yeah, pretty essentially. Cause that's like, probably why I was like, why did they put this in here? But then, you know, because he wasn't that interesting to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Chi would tell Edgy of as Huey uh, Lucas. He was my favorite brother because he was the smartest. Mm. And I think he looked up to Frank the most and he wanted to learn the most from him. Um, so that was that was just a positive. That, that was something that I really liked about it. Um, and then, let me see. Is there anything else that I wanted to say about it? Uh, I already talked about, like, the, the, the coolness that it was, like, a black cast and that kind of thing. Um, uh, because and a lot of the things like especially towards the end like the the kind of the falling action of the movie it was kind of pretty it was kind of predictable almost because you know I'd seen stuff like Scarface and I was kind of and and, and I was expecting it to go the way that they did mm-hmm. and then when he ended up uh, turning on them I think I was also kind of expecting that because you know uh, if and this is like if I'm remembering it correctly if I'm not then I'm an idiot but um, he he didn't like the people that he turned on anyway because you know like. They were Irish and like they didn't like him. He didn't like them. It was kind of a, it was a relationship of not a good one at all. And um, so that was kind of and that was kind of something that I saw coming, but uh, I also didn't see coming a bit of both. Um, and uh, one other thing I wanted to speak on the te- uh, as far as the technical aspect goes, um, the the pacing. I don't know if I necessarily consider this a technical aspect per se, but uh, the pacing was a little interesting from time to time uh and i just use that word because like i didn't think it was necessarily bad but i also didn't think it was necessarily good um so it was it was a pretty it was a mixed bag as far as that was concerned from time to time uh so yeah uh i had a bit of a hard time rating this um so i I, and that kind of reflects in my score uh but what would you rate it sir before we move on eight out of ten eight out of ten okay that's good that's good uh i would give it like a seven and a half Mm. uh because i was i was really uh, like teetering from like a three and a half to a four at a at a five like stars oh, stars stars, like, bro, stars what stars. that's a huge jump no no no, no. <laughs> yeah no I was thinking about giving it a three but I ended up jumping it to a seven nah um no like three and a half to four stars there are certain aspects of it that I really enjoyed but there was also certain aspects of it that I thought kind of fell flat which is why I ended up reaching like I gave it a three and a half on Letterboxd which would translate to a seven, but that's why like I kind of take the liberty and give it like a seven and a half, um, because you know it, it it's it's like it it's not a seven. It's a little bit better than a seven, but it's not quite a seven. Excuse me, uh, the, uh, the fuck did you just say? And so you know I, I 
there's aspects of it so it's not quite impressive if you know if you want to go like that but it's also not just um good so that that kind of thing is that as that that kind of thing you know it's semantics you know, minute things that kind of thing um i said that kind of thing like four times i think you don't say anyway uh that's that's how i feel about american gangster moving on to the next film uh we have the irishman released in 2019 uh directed by martin scorsese written by steven zylon starring robert de niro al pacino joe pesci and stephen graham with a rotten tomatoes score of 96 percent and a critic's consensus that reads an epic gangster drama that earns its extended runtime, The Irishman finds Martin Scorsese revisiting familiar themes to poignant, funny, and profound effect. Listen, Frank. Things have gotten out of hand with our friend again. And some people have having serious problems with him. And, uh... It's at a point where you're going to have to talk to him and tell him it's what it is. What it is? Yes, it's what they want. It's where it's got. I think that actually might be... That actually might be one of the highest Rotten Tomato scores we have. Um, I think the only one that's higher might be on the waterfront. I think that's like a 90 or something. Like a 99 or something. Mm. Um, I'm not certain of that. Don't quote me on that. But yeah. Go ahead, let us know how you felt about the Irishman, sir. When I found out that Martin Scorsese had teamed up with Netflix for a new film, gangster film, I was stuck to my chair for about five minutes. I was so happy that I came. Oh! Ew! Dude! What the fuck? It was an amazing... Uh, did, you, did you hear it, everybody? He was so happy <laughs> that he ejaculated. Uh, he had an orgasm from happiness. I did. Um, I, did. I don't I know if do I've this. ever had that. I don't know if you've ever had that. But the fact that he has makes me feel a little uncomfortable. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we need to have a conversation. Maybe I need to talk with him. Uh, Why would you need to talk to me? I don't know. That? Like there needs to there needs to be something done here. A conversation. Yeah, some, a conversation needs to be had. But that's this is one of there. the greatest films I've ever seen. I loved it so much. I've seen it at least four or five times at this point. Because I mean, it is four hours long. You're not just gonna sit there and rewatch it a hundred million times. It's four or five. It's four hours long. So three and a half. But yeah, just about. Yeah, but no, it's it's an amazing movie. Um, the use of the narration I thought was very intentional, and the narration from Robert De Niro's character, uh, don't tell me, the Irishman, nope, Frank, last name, don't get to, I got it, Frank, give it to me, Sheeran, Frank Sheeran, wow, I wouldn't have guessed that, I kept, Lucas was stuck in my head, I could not <laughs> detach Frank Lucas, alright, yeah, so, uh, Frank Sheeran, I think, was an amazing character. Um, and his narration, I thought, was really good. You got all the necessary info, getting you ready for the next three and a half hours. Uh, I thought the dialogue was very natural. And I think this is something that comes from the directing. We've talked about this before. When you've built this rapport with the director and an actor team like uh, Martin Scorsese and uh, Robert De Niro, it just makes it all the easier. So he doesn't have to really direct, oh, you need to do this when you say this line. He just knows. He just got it. He can do it. 
And uh, Robert De Niro's been playing this type of character for so long. He got it. He got the script and was like, bet, let's get it done. Um, and one, a big example of this, is my favorite scene of this, one of my favorite scenes of this movie, it's what right after, um, spoilers, after Frank Sheeran has killed and he has to call um, and he's like, very uh, it was very uncomfortable because you know what happened. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, no, no, no. I mean, you know, maybe maybe did something like the Joe Bananas thing, where he, you know, had himself kidnapped and then came back, but he wasn't hurt. Nothing happened. Maybe he, he maybe he just felt, you know, he, he wanted to get to clear his head a bit. But you gotta just think that it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. He's he's gonna be yeah. Frank's I a just pretty think, bad liar. Huh? Frank's a pretty bad liar. Yes. But, I mean, you you gotta think, like, that was... Him and... <laughs> were supposed to be really close. So yeah, like, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying, like... Because I was, like, just thinking about it. Like, there's been a, there was a few... There was a few times he had to lie, and, like, he didn't do a good job. I was like, hmm. Like, I, I was just, like... It's just a funny thought. Like, oh, damn, you suck at lying. <laughs> um, And then uh, Joe, Pes- Joe Pesci as Russell um, was really good, too. I think uh, him... Because this was the first time he'd done a movie in a minute when he did uh, The Irishman. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think I think somebody wants somebody went as far as to call it coming out of retirement for Joe Pesci. Mm-hmm. And I so... Mean, I, I, I would not doubt it. Uh, really good. I think the best actor, acting performance in this movie was uh, Al Pacino's Joe Pesci. And I know we've had that discussion. Al Pacino's Joe Pesci. Al Pacino was acting as Joe Pesci. <laughs> I need you to understand what the hell you just said. Joe... Ah, I see Al Pacino as Jimmy Hoffa, the Teamster uh, leader. Um, I thought that was really, really good. Like, they've done, like, picture side-by-sides about of them. And, like, he did an amazing job and I just found like certain nuances of his character like the fact that he hated when people were late and that whole beef he had with um what was it what was that guy's name he wasn't a gangster I think he was another teamster leader but he, I, I believe he was a gangster. Like he had issue with them being late, and he came to a meeting in shorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like he was, yeah. an, he was like the old school gangster. Love that aspects, school. yeah. And he was like, you know, when you come to a meeting, like you come in a suit, you don't come in here with shorts, and it just was really good. Um, the story was paced very well for a four. Stephen movie. Graham, Tony, Tony Pro, Tony Pro, yeah. yeah. And that was one thing that like I liked about the, the critics' consensus when they were talking about it earned its, its it earned its runtime. It used all that time very intentionally. Like everything that was in that film was there for a reason. Like there was no like dead spots or like hey well, you could have really done without this. Like every part could have been could have been used. So I thought that was really good. And the VFX were pretty good, except that one scene where he's kicking, where he's kicking the dude, yo, kicking the store owner. Yo, yo, I wish, this daughter. A, I wish this was a visual medium, because I would literally put that right here. Because I every time I watch this movie, every time I see that, I laugh. Like, I, I audibly laugh, because it looks so bad. It's so bad. Oh, my God. And, and you know, this was one of the first movies that I saw, especially in this genre, where you, you really see the residual ripple effects from somebody being in this life on their family. Because the him and his daughter, like his daughter, like didn't speak to him at all at the end of the film. Like even when he tried to get right with her, like for the last time before he, before he passed, because she knew, she knew that he yeah. killed. Right. Even before that, though, he she was cold. Yeah, like, but like I think it was worse. Like it was by oh, far yeah. worse. She, After the, she, the straw, the the paper had been ripped all the way through at that point. Yeah, like when it she, was when over. She found out that he killed. She was like, oh yeah, because like, she was really like, like, yeah, like, and it that was, was interesting. The parallel, like 
you know, Russell would try to get close to her. Like, she, you know, um, Frank would try to, like, get him and indo- get them indoctrinated with Russell mm-hmm. as, like, a fun uncle. But she really latched on. The and mm-hmm. then for him to kill. Uh, the, 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 that was the, the, the straw that broke the caramel's back. Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, even though it's three hours long, I personally do not have that issue with it anymore. Never mind. I wrote down something, but I don't really care about it anymore. <laughs> um, all in all, great film. Uh, it's the only film that's about three hours, three and a half hours that I could no besides BVS, I can sit through for its entire runtime. Oh my gosh. <sighs> anyway, um, is that is that all you had to say about that? It? Is that is all I had to say? All right. Um. Well, large like this is honestly uh, a movie that we largely agree on. This is one of my favorites. This is in my top four on Letterboxd. Really? Okay. Yes. Um. Uh, it's been in there since I've made my Letterboxd account. Um, this, uh, this movie is, it, it's just, it, it feel like the, it's just one of those movies every time like I turn it on and like the opening starts, like I just, I get so excited because I know what I'm about to watch and I enjoy it. And I actually watch the opening like sequence a lot just cause I love the opening, like the song that plays and the, the, the background and it just feels so, it, it's just so nice and i love the feeling of this movie the atmosphere mm. of this movie um it's just it's 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 really indescribable how much i really enjoy it um and like you said it's one of those three and a half hour long movies that you can just kind of sit through and like I, I know i could sit through i could watch it beginning to end yeah um no no issues uh but robert de niro joe pesci al pacino all are you know fantastic they just they bring something to the role. They they bring something that is just. It, it's amazing to watch them all together. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure this is the first movie that all three of them did together. Um, excuse me. Directed by Scorsese. Um, so that that was and there's actually a, like a, a mini documentary on Netflix uh, called The Conversation. Mm-hmm, I saw uh, it. Or, it was really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's really interesting or really entertaining. But there's just so much here. Like Robert De Niro. Uh, as as you said, um, he because a lot of because a lot of the a lot of the like he's worked with Scorsese so often like he knows him really well like they have that rapport they have that chemistry and like it he's obviously professional like he's great at what he does and so like there there's a there is able to be a type of um, a synergy that really comes through when he works with them and same with Joe Pesci and Al Pacino he he also had it which was a really nice uh, thing. Uh, it was just really mesmerizing to watch, um, and I I could really see myself loving. I, I like I just can't. It, this was one of those movies that I have a hard time describing, um, at least briefly. Uh, I love so much of it. Like I love the cinematography. I love the the music, the score, or and the soundtrack. Um, I, I love how expansive the story is. I love how long it takes to get through it and i love the narration which is something that i'm i'm kind of hit, hit or miss on like sometimes i like it sometimes mm-hmm. i don't it just depends on how it's utilized and i felt that it was utilized very very well here and one of my favorite aspects of the movie is that it really harps on the fact that you uh, like gangsters like the people in this life uh they really have a hard time living with others who like they or sorry i i worded that wrong 
they have a hard time living beyond their glory days in the sense that when stuff goes wrong for them, like when it rains, it pours and like life goes on without them. Like this stuff, like a lot of the stuff that they would die on, like they, like the things that they would die by, like their principles, their standings, like the way that they saw the world, the way that they viewed the world, they, they viewed everything. It really was not something that, um, they were able to, like dissociate from and that's evidenced by like you know the end of the movie spoilers of course um you know you have scenes like uh the the detectives are talking to uh frank sheeran robert de niro's character and they're like he's telling like they're like yo just like tell us what happened and um he's like and then like and then he's like no he can't he starts referencing other like gangsters and like they're all dead like you're the last one and it's just such a it's such a sour note uh, to to see because he is so he he's so into the life he's so absorbed with what he's become that he can't live beyond it and then by the time he wants to kind of make amends and live and grow out of it it's too late and it's 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 actually far too late because you yeah. know his, especially for Peggy his daughter um, who was I actually want to give that actress credit even though um, she wasn't in the movie for. Uh, as much as one might expect. Um, At least as an adult. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, young Peggy was Lucy Galena. And what was the... Older Peggy, Anna Paquin. There it is. Um, but uh, they were... that By that time, by the time he wanted to make amends, that relationship was dead and gone. Like, there was no reviving it. And it was just really painful to see. And that's something that I really enjoy about it. Uh, ironically i love how sour how like mm, cold yeah how cold everything is by the end of it and how a lot of these characters they are they don't it's like they have a disillusioned sense of self and if they really think that they are going to it's it's they have this like us versus the world mentality Mm -hmm. and it doesn't last like it's nothing everything and it's crazy because like you only see these guys living crazy long. Like you, there was very few guys, people in these in the films that we watched that actually lived to be very old. And, and that was why it was so cool to see mm-hmm. them. You know, you have Joe Pesci, uh, Russell Buff, B- Buffalino. Yeah, and, like they're old as shit in the prison. They're all like old as hell, and they we see what their life looks like at that age, and it's not good. It's not a good one. They don't have anyone to care after them. Like, they're in, you know, when... Uh, Frank... I was thick about Brelos feeling his feet. I was like, bro, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and and Frank, you know, he he's... um Once he gets out of prison, he lives by himself. Mm. And, yeah, he ends up going to the nursing home. And it's just... It's not, it's, not a, it's not a good life. It's not a happy life. And that's one thing that I remember when this movie first came out. That was one thing that a lot of, like, people were praising this movie for. Because... Um, a lot of people might have interpreted Scorsese's other gangster movies as a bit of a glorification of that lifestyle, but this one really harps on the negative aspects of it. It's like almost an hour's worth of like just bad shit happening, and like a lot of characters dying in like un un unceremonious ways, dying for reasons that aren't necessary. It's just a big like it's just so. It, it really focuses, at least the way I interpret it, it focuses on just the futility of a lot of stuff that happens in this life and a lot of bad things that happen. And um, I like how a lot of the time, like when we introduce to a new character, it, it like has their name. And like when they 
how old they were when they died and how they died. And then, like, I kind of took that as a way of, like, these people, like, have such stature, have such magnitude to their name, and then they end up dying this way because of something that, like, you know, it's... They're at the end of the day. They're all just numbers. They're all just people that uh, they they don't live forever as much as you think they do. And I think that's really that's a, the fact that Jimmy Hoffa, you know, for most people our age, at least I'm pretty sure, don't even know who Jimmy Hoffa is. Like I know, like I'd heard his name before, but I didn't realize how significant of a name he was back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I just think that goes to show how um, I still don't know where that man is. How fle- yeah, exactly how fleeting. Uh, that that kind of thing is. So, what uh, would you say your favorite part of the movie was? Um, do I have? A, I don't know if I have a favorite. I think it's probably the towards the end because it's just so like, it's just so sad and like powerful in my opinion. Mm. And it's just very, it's very, uh, it's a very meaningful ending. But I, I don't know if I necessarily have a favorite part. What's, do you have one? I most certainly have one. It's the scene where. Um, it's right at it's right when Russell Buffalino is telling Frank Sheeran that oh. like, he has to take out uh Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like Frank is like, That's my friend. Like I and then and then just Russell and like my favorite line of the whole movie is just it's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Like, and from the higher yeah, okay. ups. It's what it is. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, <laughs> definitely. Um that's a that that was a pretty good one as well. I forgot that, that was your favorite because that and then uh when Jimmy Hoffa went outside after JFK was killed, and then he was like, Why is the flag half mass? Because like everybody who had a flag like put it at half mast to signify yeah. the death of a fallen soldier or yeah. you know a dignitary like you know JFK, and he make the flag you know fly high. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, Jimmy Hoffa was an interesting individual, and Al Pacino did a great job. And the last thing I'll say before we move on, because I actually forgot about it. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, you and I have this, the, debated whether or not we think Robert De Niro or Al Pacino is the better actor in the movie. Um, when I first saw it, I was more leaning Robert De Niro, but. Um, you know, the, the more I watch it, it becomes more of a contest. And I think the most recent time I saw it, I was leaning Al Pacino. Um, but I don't know. The, the point is, like, they're both... They, they both, they both did, did an amazing job. Amazing it's not job. a knock to either one. No, <laughs> yeah. not, no not at all. Um, and it's also just kind of a funny note. This I don't. This movie got no love during award season. That was um, terrible. At, at the Academy. But, or from the Academy, at least. Which was... I mean, they got a couple noms, which is cool, I guess. But, like, I would have expected... I mean, yeah, I guess noms are cool, but like, did was there any actor nominations? I'm not. I don't think there was. I don't believe there was. Ah, uh, old boy was nominated for best supporting. Uh, Joe Pesci. Mm. Joe mm. Pesci or Al Pacino was. What well, I know, one of them, one of them got it. I know. Remember hearing that the Irishman had got a nom for best supporting. Okay, I know it got a. I know it not. A, I know it got a nomination for best film, right? But yeah, yeah. Which is and Parasite like I don't think it deserved year, to. Right? Yeah, Parasite yeah. won. And like I like Irishman did not deserve to win. Like Parasite was no. definitely the best picture of the year. But uh, in my opinion, at least, but I need to watch it, man. You never seen it? It's on Hulu too. And I you never to... seen Parasite? No, bro. Oh my! Because okay, I'm gonna tell you why. Because it's, it's the same reason you haven't watched Avatar. I'm afraid. Oh no! I've seen Avatar at this point, right? But like, oh, that's the reason why why I didn't watch it. Okay, but like, dog, I was not—I wasn't afraid of watching Avatar because I thought to be—I knew Avatar was going to be bad, but I didn't want to watch it because like it gotten overhyped by like a select few people. Like it wasn't even that hyped that much. But like honestly, Cyrus, if you do not like Avatar, like I'm or not sorry, if you don't like Parasite, I'm like gonna be kind of shocked 
because like I don't understand. Ain't it in, ain't it in, is it in Korean? Yes, it's like a, you have to read subtitles, which is you know kind of cap of you to not want to do because there's so many great movies out there that require subtitles. I know, but like reading. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's how they be, man. That's how they be. They. Who you're supposed to be they. You're supposed to be a cinephile, man. Cinephiles don't care about subtitles. Although I'm not gonna lie, sometimes I've never called myself a cinephile. You literally did. I posted on the brackets and B-rolls account. I said, oh, like there was literally a chart that said cinephile rating five. No, 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 no. I'm fine then, rating it, but like I just think cinephile is such a terrible name. Like it sounds oh. too much like pedophile. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't call me that. I like movies, but I love film all day. Don't call me no cinephile. I'll sneak you. Mm, hey, I, you can be a cinephile, bro. I'm, I'm a fan of the word cinephile. Not a fan of the word pedophile. If you're a pedophile, you deserve to be burned on a stake. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, what would you give the Irishman, sir? 10 out of 10 masterpiece. Same, uh, I think this is Martin Scorsese's masterpiece. I as well, and that's why I it was because I'd seen this before, I'd seen Goodfellas, and everyone's like, Oh, Goodfellas is a masterpiece. I'm like, All right, and like, I watch Goodfellas, I'm like, That's not nearly as good as this, but okay, this is Michelangelo. Um, this, this is his uh, this magnum is his opus. Fist. This is Fifth Symphony. This is who did that? Who who? Beethoven. All right then. All bitch. right. Thought I didn't know my music, bitch. Actually, real. I'm a big fan of classical music. Thank you. Name name like three composers. Johann Amadeus Mozart, Beethoven, and Johann Sebastian Bach. Does Beethoven only have one name? I don't know Beethoven's full name. Oh my gosh! It's Beethoven, nigga. Like that that name is before itself. <laughs> Beethoven, nigga. But Mozart doesn't, Bach doesn't, bro. Like Beethoven, come on now, Beethoven. When you say Beethoven, I think of a dog. So no, that's fucking <laughs> dog, I'm kidding, of course. That was a badass dog, bro. <laughs> Yo, I, I always think about how disgusting this scene was, and I don't remember which one it was in. But Beethoven had like was drooling, and the dude had like ice cream, and he was like holding holding it under Beethoven, and he drooled in it, and he ate it, bro. To this day. I, I haven't watched a Beethoven film since. I can't. That was so disgusting. But uh, we got another movie to do, so let's do it. Yeah, we do, man. Last movie of the uh, Sweet 16. Um, you know, uh, a movie that I really enjoyed when I first saw it. Uh, we have The Gentleman, released in 2019. Although, it didn't get a wide release in North America, which is where we are. Really? We're in the North, United States until 2020. Cause that's when I saw it. I didn't see it in theaters. Didn't till... it come out early? Yeah, I saw it like in January. I saw it in uh, like it came out in in, uh, in America in like January twenty seventh or something. Like late yeah, January. Yeah, it was an early movie. And yeah. I saw it. Um, I think I saw it for the first time in February, and I saw it again in theaters. Uh, that was wow. That was still this where'd year. Where'd you watch it the first time? Huh? Where'd you watch it the first time? Tampa. Like I watched it in. Uh, did you mean like what city? You said you watched. Then I you said I saw it the first time. Then I watched it in theaters. Oh, no, no, no. I watched it in theaters both times. Oh. But I was just saying, like, I ended up getting to rewatch it in theaters. Gotcha. Uh, but that was really crazy to think about, like, literally 10 months ago. Theaters. Damn, really? That's crazy. The world was so different. Wow. It feels like it's been, like, three years. Yeah. Uh, 2020 has been been a been quite a quite a quite a time man uh but let's let's go ahead and hop into it so it was released in 2019 but wide release in north america at least as far as i can as far as i know i mean i could be wrong um it might have gotten a wide release here uh prior to in, in 2019 but i really don't think so um it was written and directed by guy Ritchie. oh sorry it was directed by guy Ritchie. written by guy Ritchie, marn davies and ivan 
Atkinson, starring Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, Henry Golding, and Michelle Dockery, with a Rotten Tomato score of 75% and a critics' consensus reading. It may not win writer-director Guy Ritchie many new converts, but for those already attuned to the filmmaker's brash wavelength, the gentleman stands tall. How'd you feel about the Irish? Or sorry, not the Irishman. The gentleman, Sir Quattro. The gentleman was was awesome. I loved it. Um, from the like the minute it cut on, uh, I thought it was kind of not cliche, but uh, something I'd seen before. Killing off the main character in the opening. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Scene. Um, I like the cinematography. It was already on point. Uh, but that was something I've always liked about Guy Ritchie's films. He he, he does pretty well with cinematography. Um, I like the opening title crawl. Uh, the exposition dump didn't feel like, uh, like just you know running through 15 minutes of film in like the span of just somebody telling me what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it felt very intentional. It was really compelling. And the way they did it and the way it was edited made it very cool. Um, I thought the film uh, was really cool in the way it was kind of open-ended. So it kind of felt like you know once you figured out the film, it would like gut punch you and be like, nope, this, you didn't have it right. This is how, This is what's going on. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, I also felt that the characters, Raymond and Mickey, were incredibly smooth. They were great characters, and I really uh, thought that they were the better characters I've seen. Raymond and who? Mickey. Mickey? Who's that? Oh, Mickey Pearson. Duh. Sorry. Okay. Um, Fred for me was the most annoying character, but like he, I understand why he was there, and like I just, he was like that character in the movie was you wanted to hate. He was like the Joe Pesci of the film. Mm-hmm. You wanted to hate him, and he made it very easy to hate. So. Fred, who's Fred? Fred is the guy that was telling the story to Charlie Hunnam's character. Oh, that was uh, who was that? That was that was Hugh Grant Fletcher. Fletcher, that's who you're talking about. What about right, Fred? What was I doing? Oh, I abbreviated it, and then can't read my handwriting. Oh, okay. There it is. See, this is why he tells me to do it digitally. And I don't know, for some reason, this is how I did it, and fuck you. So, <laughs> continuing on, um, I felt it felt like a whodunit movie. And especially, like, I had, I maybe have just seen, might have just saw Knives Out before I saw this. Mm-hmm. And so, it kind of gave me, was in that same vein, like, kind of like a whodunit without a detective. But there was a detective. You were the detective. Boo! You were Daniel Craig. You had to figure out what was going on. You had to put the put the dots connect. You had to connect the dots. So, yeah, who done it? I'm um, so sorry he put y'all through that. <laughs> and then, even though like the story was out of order, it was still very cohesive, much like a Tarantino film um, for me. Um, and then, you know, some of the cuts and transitions were a little. Mm, I didn't really. I wasn't really feeling them. I felt that it could have done a little bit better. But this is something that Guy Ritchie's often gotten shit for. His uh his editing in terms of transitions, mm-hmm. and so he definitely you know were shaded that in this film, 
And then uh, the score wasn't very imaginative. I would have liked to see some more done with the score. Because the, the score was pretty nice and snatched. Mm-hmm. So I really would have liked to see some of that translate to this film. But all in all, good film. Really enjoyed it. One of my favorites of the 26. And uh, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I definitely agree. Um, this is one of those movies where the first time I saw it, I was... Because I didn't really know what to expect. I saw the trailer. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. I hadn't seen Snatch before this. I didn't, mm-hmm. I'd never seen any Guy Ritchie movies. So I was like, oh, I don't know what to expect. But I saw the trailer. And I was like, oh, this looks kind of entertaining. And I, I, I hadn't seen Snatch either when I saw And it. I saw a couple like reviews for it. And I was like, okay. So I went and watched it. And the opening like few minutes was a little annoying. Like a little interesting because i was like i'm not really following because hugh grant and charlie hunnam they were kind of bouncing off each other and hugh grant was like really spastic in like his conversation and it was a little hard to understand him especially with his accent and then but like once i started to get a grasp on what was happening and i started to really the movie started to settle into like what it was doing i was a big fan like i loved it because i love matthew mcconaughey he's one of my favorite actors for some reason like i just there's something about him that i just love but i think i see a lot of lawbreakers up in this house and I don't see a cop inside. All right. And, um, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> but um, he, he was great. But that brings me to uh, like the, one of my favorite aspects of this whole movie is the, the performances. Like I love Matthew McConaughey. I love uh, Charlie Hunnam, Hugh Grant, um, Michelle Dockery. Uh, uh, Colin Farrell, uh, Jeremy Strong, like everything, everything in this in this movie was like great as far as as far as performances were concerned. Like the they were personal connection I have to Charlie Hunnam is serious. Why? Charlie Hunnam is in my second favorite TV show of all time, Sons of Anarchy. Oh, and so I I've grown I've grown up I've grown up with this man. Great actor, great guy. Nice. I'm glad you glad you know him on a personal level. Stop fucking around, cunt! You remember that scene? Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't think you've ever <laughs> called me a before. Wow. <laughs> like people might not like that one. Have you seen? You seen Harley Quinn, right? Yeah. The TV show. Yeah. Um. You, the sorry, part one. The season one, not season two. Um. Yeah. This is a season one joke. Oh. Uh, there's a um the the. Oh, when <laughs> Doctor Psycho, Psycho called one Doctor moment. <laughs> <laughs> and bro, I love how they like called like the show explicit as fuck. Yeah, but they that's the one word they're like the c word. The c word, bro. Even one woman was like, "Did you just call me a?" <laughs> like everybody was like, "Dog, like whoa!" Like, it, got, it, villain, it got hit, like it even got hit kicked out of like the villain <laughs> shit. Like they was like, "Yeah, bro, like, hey, that's nah. that's a little." Much. I mean, they kill people. But he was like, "Yeah, go to c word, nah, bro, you gotta go." Yeah, we we can't have you. We can't have you in that. Um, but yeah, no, uh. Charlie Hunnam was great. I really liked him in this movie. Mm-hmm. Him and, like you said, they were so smooth. Him and Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. And just, that's one of the things I like so much about this movie. It's so, like, cool. Like, yeah. it's just, it just makes... I think because it's modern. I mean, it's yeah. That's, that's definitely, it's definitely the most, modern. it's definitely a very modern day. I mean, uh, the head drug in the movie was weed. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was also a really interesting aspect because yeah. I'd never seen that before in any right. of the gangster movies we'd seen. And I was like, wow, like, he's got a weed empire. And, like, Weed is of all the drugs that the gangsters that we've seen have sold. Weed is by far the le- the least lethal. Yeah. So, um, I mean, hey, that's if you're gonna sell a drug, if you're gonna have a drug empire, I feel like weed is probably the safest ethically. But you um, know, like in 2023, they're like projecting that to be a hundred billion dollar business. Wow. So we in the wrong business, bro. Yeah, we are. Let's go. Hey, brackets and brackets and rolls. No, God, please, no. <gasps> 
I mean, it could have been B-rolls because blunt rolls, but... Oh, bro, brackets, B-rolls. This... Oh, well, we already... Bro, continue on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, anyway, um, but no, nah, like, it's just, like, the, the movie has such a cool energy to it, and it's very reminiscent of Snatch, um, and I just really, really, really like how badass everything feels about it because Matthew McConaughey is so badass. His wife, Michelle Dockery, or sorry, Mickey Pearson is badass. And then uh, Rosalind, Rosalind, uh, she's also she was badass, really yeah. badass. And then Henry Golding, like he's really badass. One of my favorite teams. he play? Uh, dry Eye. The Asian guy that okay. was trying to, you know. Gotcha. So, yeah. One of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is like when Char- uh, Hugh Grant, and that's another aspect I really love. It's like Hugh Grant is telling the story. Um, Fletcher is telling the story uh, to 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 uh, uh, Charlie Hunnam's character. What the what the fuck is his name? Oh, um, um, Raymond. Ricky. Raymond, yeah, yeah, Raymond. Um, he's he's telling him that, and he is. I love I love the aspect of like him. He's like giving him like he's kind of like leading him on through like his trail of events like mm-hmm. what's happened and like it kind of uh, gets to a point where like we catch up and like we're living in the pro- the present day. Yeah. But anyway, um, one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is when Hugh Grant is telling that story. Ray uh, Fletcher is telling that story and Dry Eye comes to talk to Mickey mm-hmm. and Mickey ends up like snapping and like shoots it, shooting like yeah. him and his enforcer and then he says. There's only one rule in this fucking jungle. When the lion's hungry, he eats. And then it's like, so it's just the embodiment of cool. Yeah. And then, like, obviously that's not what happened. Cause Did, not... Didn't he just try to rape his wife? No, that was the end. That was the ending of the movie yeah. where uh, 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 Dry Eye was coming to um, rape his wife. I'm not really sure what that would have achieved. Because, like, he was trying to... He, he wanted Mickey's weed empire, and I don't know what raping his wife would have accomplished. I don't know. Um, just like when Noodles raped that girl in, you know, once upon a time in America, it just didn't make any sense. I, I will say, to be fair, it might have made sense, but, like, I don't know the story of that movie because, like, it was so boring that I just couldn't follow it. Or, I'm sorry, I, won't, I could follow it, I just didn't care to follow it. That's, I'll... You know, I'll take that back. But uh, yes, I agree. Uh, anyway, um, but no, the po- like I don't really know what he would have achieved from doing that. But I wasn't thinking that much about it until now. Now I'm like, ah, I don't really know what that was for. But no, that was not happening. That happened at the end of the movie. Anyway, point is, um, that's just one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. But uh, the uh, just the movie that come the word that comes to my mind about this is just cool and just like badass and just all around a great experience as far as uh watching goes and that's why i that's one of the reasons why i liked it so much uh at least why i like that aspect of the movie and um it just it just felt so cool and like a modern day version of snatch in a way um not that because not quite because i don't think there's as many iconic characters but like i don't know there there might be it just depends on how this movie ages Mm -hmm. um i don't know maybe because especially like if you're saying it didn't get a wide release it may not well no i'm saying it it was like released in um it was released in i don't know where it got released. i think it was like a one of those like uh, just a smaller release for whatever reason and then it like went to more like it went it got a wide release it Mm -hmm. just didn't get one until until 2020 mm-hmm. so it got one and like people like it's definitely a popular movie or 
popular, whatever. Yeah. But you know, hey, this is one when you added late. Yes, we added this late because I'd seen it and I was like, "Yo, this is like this is a great gangster movie that I feel like should be uh, included in the top." Uh, it was originally twenty five, then twenty six. Like I said, like we we got this list of movies from like IMDb off some random user, which is um, for reasons probably not the most. Probably not the best way, but I mean, hey, we did it that way. So, uh, but you know, we'll 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 try to rectify that. We'll try to come up with a better way in future seasons. But uh, that's enough about the gentleman. All around great time, really enjoyable. What would you give it? Solid eight out of ten. Nice, nice. Uh, I think I'd give it like a uh, a seven and a half. Mm -hmm. uh, A little like maybe like a seven point seven five. Not quite an eight. Like really close, but not quite. Um, But I'd still like. As far as enjoyment goes, I definitely uh, like it that much. Um, so yeah, that uh, wraps our thoughts on the gentleman, and that wraps our thoughts on these movies, like the Sweet Sixteen. We've officially finished reviewing them all, and now we're done with that. Now we can move on to the uh, the bracket part of everything. The Sweet Sixteen starts next week, folks. I hope you're ready. I hope you guys are excited because I know we are. Um, but yeah, that that pretty much wraps it. Uh, what is a crazy thought? What we're sitting in my room, in case y'all didn't know, and I have posters all over my room of movies, and I'm like looking at this Venom poster. We were supposed to get a Venom and a Morbius movie this year. Hmm. Wow, we were. There was yes, there was absolutely yes. Venom two and Morbius were supposed to come out in 2020, and neither of those things happened. I thought Morbius was gonna be pretty bad, but I thought Venom I figured, Two had. Yeah. Pro- I thought Venom Two had promise. Yeah. Hmm. Continue on closing the episode. Yeah, twenty twenty. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, uh, thanks everyone for uh tuning in. Uh, it looks like I did write down that we're going to be announcing our uh seedings, the top sixteen seedings, um, and how we got that. So, what we did, we did uh we. How, how do I want to say this? So we took the average Rotten Tomatoes score uh, for, of every movie. So all that is, is, you know, because Rotten Tomatoes, they provide a uh, critics consensus and then, or sorry, a critics rating and they provide a an audience rating, like an audience score. And the average of that, obviously, you just add those two scores together, divide them by two, and that's how you get the average. And that's how we decided to do the seeding because we were like, there's no reason to not, there's no reason for us to try and seed it ourselves because if we did that, then we'd probably just end up picking the bet, like the movie that we think is going to win as number one. And we didn't want to do that. So instead, we did, uh, we took the average ratings, we took the average Rotten Tomato score and did that. So here is uh, the seedings. Based on their score. Starting from the bottom, we got at the 16th seed, Gangs of New York with the 77%. At the 15th seed, we have The Gentleman with the 79.5%. At the 14th seed, we have Snatch with an 83%. At the 13th seed, we have American Gangster with an 83.5%. We have at the 12th seed, uh, the Untouchables with an 85.5%. Uh, at the 11 seed, we have Casino with an 86.5%. At the 10 seed, we have Scarface with an 87.5%. At the 9 seed, we have The Godfather with an 89.5%. At the 8 seed, we have Heat with a 90%. At 
At the seventh seed, we have Miller's Crossing with a 90.5%. At the sixth seed, we have The Irishman with a 91%. At the five seed, we have The Departed with a 92.5%. At the four seed, we have Reservoir Dogs with a 93% with a 93%. At the three seed, we have Pulp Fiction with a 93.5%. At the two seed, we have Goodfellas with a 96.5%. And at the one seed, we have On the Waterfront with a 97%. So those are those are the top 16 movies of season one of brackets and b-rolls see the sweet 16 will start next week uh and then we're gonna go from there matchup format we're gonna do four matchups in episode seven the other four in episode eight and then we'll go from there uh i won't give you guys too much i don't want to bore you with that information um you guys can ask you guys can share please share your opinions on social media go ahead and uh you know comment on just comment on some posts on instagram um uh tweet at us uh dm us on instagram or twitter you know we're gonna we'll answer to both um you can follow us on instagram at uh brackets underscore b-rolls and twitter as well even though twitter isn't quite as active but you know we still got it we still be uh we're still up there still over there so you know go and check us out um and uh yeah that's where you can find and you can find uh brackets and b-rolls the podcast wherever you get podcasts of course because you know you know the traditional apple podcast spotify those are the big ones but uh anywhere else you know you get a podcast that's where we are uh where can i find you big man where can i find you quattro catch me on instagram at quattro iv with the period between the c and the u you spell that c period u-a-t-r-o-i-v you can catch me on twitter at red kool-aid three one seven nice even though you don't use Twitter, you can find me on the gram at flyguy.ty, two Y's and fly. And then you can find me on Twitter at flyguyty7 with two Y's and fly again, of course. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. And uh, brackets and B-rolls. <laughs> <laughs> ah!